What is going on? This is Edgar Otra Vez with another episode of the Flow Road Podcast. Today's show, I have my wingman, my homie, my good friend, not my cousin Dan. And we're going to be talking about that awesome movie, Nobody, which stars Bob Odenkirk and is directed by Ilya Neischiller. I probably butchered that director's name, so please forgive me, but this movie was great. Now, if you like our podcast and you want to listen to more or find out more, you can go to theflowroadpodcast.com. There you'll find all our podcast episodes along with our store where you can buy a mug or you know a duvet cover, what have you. Also, you want to give us a shout, you can find us on Instagram as The Flow Roll. So me and not my cousin Dan get into not only the movie but also the joy of going to the theater that movie theater conversation leads us into covid talk so you can hear all about our thoughts on all these things and more in this episode i hope you guys like it on with the show i wanted to tell you uh Mike sent me that text. I don't know if you saw it, but Mike sent me that 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 message about Super Sons. Oh yeah, I saw that on Facebook. Yeah, dude. I guess there's another. There's a there's a third because I mean series. They had they had two series prior to, to to us talking, and I guess they 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 recently released a third series. They're like like twelve volumes in. I just downloaded them all. I can't wait. I can't wait to go read them. You know, that's awesome. And look at that. <laughs> Look at that. The flow roll is building connection. Yes, yes. The two mics are now making comic recommendations. To yes. The flow roll. Look thank at that. You, thank you, two mics. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, here, let's get started. Uh, this is Edgar Otraves, bringing you another episode of the Flow Roll Podcast. And today, I got my co host, my wingman, Dan. Not my cousin Dan. Not your cousin Dan. Not my cousin Dan. Not your cousin Dan. You know what's funny is I I still have never talked to or met your cousin Dan. Oh, yeah, that's right. Are are we like matter and antimatter? We can't interact. I I don't don't know. It's the end of the universe. Or maybe the end of the internet. I have no idea. Or the end of the flow roll. (laughs) It's the last episode of the flow roll podcast. (laughs) Not my cousin Dan and Dan. Touch. (laughs) Uh, it's like the past and present can't be in the same space at the same time there you go universe will implode (laughs) I I don't know where that came from for some reason that's that's where your mind went yeah it's science fact I don't know if it's fact (laughs) because science theoretical fact (laughs) okay so today we're talking about the dopest movie (laughs) Okay. <laughs> nobody. It's pretty dope. It was it's a pretty good movie. Yeah. So nobody, dude. Nobody. Bob Odenkirk. Yes. Uh, and that's maybe what made this movie is is that he's playing a role that you would never expect him to play. He's he's got the whole it, kind of like broken dude right he's he's yeah but it's it's weird like resigned resignation yes yes, he's not yes he's not broken per se but he's broken in 
and he's like uh, living a regular life. This is it's John Wick, right? Yes. Except instead of just kind of retiring and going and living quietly, he's he's like a former operator. Yeah. Who now he's living the family life and he's got the wife and the kids and the cute little suburban house and the wrong shit happens. And he kind of rediscovers that he misses being that operator. Yeah. He's like super duper repressed, right? He's really, he's really holding back and he's hold, he's held back so much yeah. to the point where he can no longer touch his wife. Right. Like he, right. Yeah. They, they no longer have a romantic connection. And there's even moments where he, he, he attempts to reach out, but he doesn't know how to, how to reach out to her without letting the dragon out. Right. right? Yep. He's, he's, yeah. he's, he's afraid of that guy. He's afraid of that 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 Jekyll Hyde, Mister Hyde in right. the back, the, the guy that he put in the box. Mm-hmm. And you know, if he if he lets that guy drive even for five minutes, he's going to be that guy again. Yes, you know, uh, this movie reminds me a lot. Have you ever seen a history of violence? I have not. Oh, that movie is awesome, and the two movies are in terms of plot and theme virtually identical. Oh, interesting. Um, it, the difference is this movie, no, nobody is funny. There's clearly a sense of humor in it mm-hmm. and a history of violence is not. Yes. It's not meant to be funny. It's not meant to be lighthearted. Um, it, that movie was uh, Vigo Morton, uh, Vigo Mortensen and Maria Bello. And who is the director? Because uh, it was uh, David Cronenberg. It was a David Cronenberg movie. And so it feels like a David Cronenberg movie. It's very, um, it moves along very slowly. And then you have these moments where everything catches up and it, and everything's happening really fast. And then it starts moving really slowly again. Anyway, anybody who is, who wants to see nobody, who's into this kind of movie, who likes stuff like John Wick, you should see a history of violence. It's a different kind of movie, mm-hmm. but thematically similar and really well-made in a totally different way. Like it's, it's a violent movie, but it's not an action movie. This is a, this is an action movie. This is John Wick with an overt sense of humor, right? <laughs> Nobody is John Wick with an overt sense of humor. John Wick is an action movie revenge fantasy uh, that is funny in parts, but it's just a really awesome action movie. And then you have a history of violence, which is like a drama that has some pretty stunning action and violence in it. Um, But if you're going to see one of the three movies, you should see all three of the movies because they're (laughs) all fundamentally the same movie with a slightly different, well, drastically different take. Yeah. It's funny that you bring up John Wick because um, a friend of mine went with me to the movie theater and on the way out, he's like, this is fantastic. I'm like, yeah, it's, it's great. It's, it's like a John Wick, except a little funnier. <laughs> and he's like, John Wick. I'm like, yes, dude, if you haven't seen John Wick, you got to watch John Wick. Cause if you like this, you're going to love John Wick. He's a little, he's a little more serious, but just as fantastical 
in terms of the, the the violence and and the just the choreography, all this stuff. And I one of the things I really enjoyed. I'm a sucker for fancy editing, right? Yeah, uh, of yeah, course. I, I loved it. I loved it because it's 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 like a it's a film nerd's action kind of dream, right? Because well, he, they do and, that that cutting, that smash sure. cutting. Yep. In the beginning, it's just like it's Monday, it's Tuesday, it's Wednesday. He keeps missing the garbage. He keeps doing this. Yep. He keeps doing that. I love that shit. I was just like, oh, yeah. I'm I'm eating this shit up. I am such a fucking film nerd. You yeah. know, like <laughs> yeah, and they 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 do such a great job of establishing kind of the the rut that this guy is in. Yes, and he's sort of figuring out that he's in a rut. Yes. And that's how life is. You don't realize you're in a rut until it's staring you in the face. Like something has to happen to make you realize that you're in a rut. And and for this guy, it's two desperate people break into the house and and try to rob him. And and it changes everything. It changes everything. And it's crazy because he's like at that at that moment, he was about to like knock that woman's head off, right? Yeah. Yeah, but oh, but one of the things about the rut is I, before I, I go on is like he's in a rut and he doesn't know how to get out of it. Yeah, he knows he's in a rut, just like you're saying, but he's stuck in there and he can't get the fuck out. And right, and he knows that if he, the only way he knows how to get out is is to, to go, be that guy. Is to smash everything, right? Right. It's like yeah. when you're in a bad relationship and you don't know how to get out other than just fucking make a mess of it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. The, o- the only way out is fire. <laughs> you know? Um, yes. And, and so, <laughs> so the two desperate people break into the house and he has, what do you have a bat or something? And he was going to golf take, club. He had a golf club. That's right. And he was going to go ahead. And he was going to take the head off the one girl. And, but you find out later that she was holding a gun to that, to was unloaded that was unloaded yeah Yeah. holding a gun to to like the other accomplice and the son who had tackled the second accomplice onto the floor and while in the struggle she pointed his gun and he was about to take that head off yeah and then he he pulled back and i was like what the hell happened yeah like this is and then it shows you like yeah it's later after he's catching all sorts of flack from his son and from his brother-in-law and from his yes. father-in-law, he's catching all sorts of flack for not doing anything about it. And then it shows the flashback where it's showing his perspective of what was going on. And he sees that the gun, he knows that it, there's no threat. Yes. And so he just kind of is like, okay, this isn't a threat, whatever. Yeah. Just gonna, but he, the flashback was during that conversation he had with the dude on the radio. Yeah. And the dude on the radio it's fucking Rizza, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. Because he's like, he's like, I'm not coming down to save your ass. You know, he's like talking all this shit. And I'm like, well, who the fuck is this guy? Right? Because yeah. he's he's acting like he's the mountain man. He's the man up in the in the in the in the mountains. And he's just he's gonna stay out and, there because he's dangerous, right? Yeah, exactly. Like that's that his version of in the it's his brother, quote unquote. Uh-huh. And and maybe it is his real brother like I don't know. Um but th- he's he's off living in the woods somewhere where his only contact with the world is by shortwave radio and that's his version of of the life that that Bob Odenkirk is living. Yes. Right? His version of I'm not 
I'm not going to try to um, become somebody else. I'm just going to absent myself. Yes. I'm going to go away and that way I can still be who I am, but I don't have to do this, this, this awful shit anymore. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't have to kill anybody if I'm not around anybody. (laughs) And they don't, they don't necessarily really ever reveal who these guys are because it's, it's him, his brother and his dad. And, and that's, that's, that comes in a little bit later. His dad comes in a little bit later. His dad played by Christopher Lloyd and his fantastic it's it's one of my favorite parts of the fucking movie yeah it's it's absolutely awesome but like all you really find out is that these guys all three of them were some kind of like black ops yes auditor Auditor, that's that's all they say is they were auditors and basically what they did is they went up to clean up situations that couldn't get cleaned up legally Mm -hmm. that's that's kind of all the the explanation that you get and then from that point, it's it's just accepted. Like, okay, these these people are badasses, yeah. right? Former badasses, For, still- former badasses, but badasses for life. Yes, you know? yes, yes. Well, I I think, although it's not clear, because at one point Bob Odenkirk's character grabs a badge out of the closet and he uses it yeah. to like go around town and ask questions and it's supposed to be an FBI badge i think it was a red herring though right? yeah I, there's yeah. no there's no telling if that's really if if the because it belonged to Christopher Lloyd's character right but you don't really know was he really FBI and or was so he also and that's an part auditor? of it yeah. that's, right that's part of it because you're 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 trying to piece together the backstory as you go through the movie and the, and, and they throw these red herrings at you. Yeah. And one of those is the dad's Christopher Lloyd's FBI badge. Uh-huh. And when, when you first see it, like when you first see him grabbing it out of the closet, when you first see Bob Odenkirk grabbing it out of the closet with the gun and being like, I need to borrow this. There's a thing I got to do. And his, and his, and Christopher, Christopher Lloyd's like, well, you know, you know what you got to do. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh and so you just at that point you just kind of take it okay so like his dad was an was an FBI agent I still don't really know anything about him. Yes. Right? Yes. And then then the movie just goes on and you find out like okay there's something so much deeper going on here and yeah. then there's even like a little after credit scene. Did you stick around for the post credit? Oh no, there was a post credit scene? Mhm. Like when they yep. not when they buy the house, something else? There was a post credit scene where Fuck. where happened? where Rizza and uh, uh, Christopher Lloyd are just like driving along the ocean in oh, an RV. Oh yes, 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 yeah. yes, yes. I did and, see and, that. And then and they and they're just talking like, so what are we gonna do? And then like the camera kind of pans to the inside <laughs> of the RV, and it's just this ridiculous armory. Yeah, and, and they're gonna go and do some shit, man. That's what they're gonna do. <laughs> well, yeah. Who knows what they're up to? Like I, I wasn't absolutely sure if they were just moving, yeah, or what yeah. the fuck. Or, well, you know, obviously they can't stick around wherever they were. <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, I and there, dude. Rizza made this movie in a lot of ways because I love me some Wu Tang. Yeah, <laughs> you, you got a little, little, a little bit of Wu Tang. It's it's like sriracha. Uh-huh. Just throw a little dash of it. It makes everything better. Uh, love. I love RZA, man. RZA, man. You know, I. It's funny because I, I, I like their music. Okay, I like RZA as a character, just in general, 
way more. I find him so oh, compelling as shit, man. Yes. Yeah. Actually, but, that's not appropriate. No. Shit isn't very compelling. He is he is, <laughs> he is super compelling. He's just a compelling guy. You want to listen to him. Yeah. You want to watch him. He's, you know? he's just a super interesting guy. But anyway, like like my one of the my favorite pieces of action was when he was running through the 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 maze at the end where they had all the bad guys kind of cold kind of like you know come in and as and they were all picking them up with the traps and stuff yeah and rizza shoots a string of bad guys three of them with one bullet he just yeah pops yeah he just right waits the- for his moment he waits for his moment and just pops three guys at once it was it was fucking him. I was just like, whoa. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, it, and it's one of those movie magic moments. Like, okay, that's literally never going to happen ever anywhere yeah. is never going to happen. But I'm watching a movie. That's a revenge fantasy about people who are really, really good at killing people. And this whole movie's never going to happen. So I liked it. Yes. You know? <laughs> I, 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 yes, I had the same thought where it's just like, okay, I know that's ridiculous and, and, and so untrue, but that was pretty fucking neat. It was, you know, you know? it was, it was a pretty cool moment. And there was so much of that where like the, the action scenes are just really well thought out and choreographed and fun. Yes. Like wholesale, wholesale slaughter should never be fun per se. This movie was fun. <laughs> It was fun just watching Bob Odenkirk from beginning to end, just go through people just like a machine. Well, it was, it's interesting because you have the dynamic of the two, uh, you have the protagonist and what is the antagonist, right? And, Mm. you know, the protagonist being Bob Odenkirk's character and then the Julian or the Julian character, right? Who is the antagonist who is basically not only the antagonist, but he's the exact opposite of where Bob Odenkirk's character is. Yes. He's, he's the textbook foil. Yes. Uh, He is who he is. And he clearly made the decision that he's always going to be who he is, no matter what, he's not going to change. And then you have Bob Odenkirk who decided he couldn't be that anymore. Yes. And I think what happens for me, at least for me while I'm watching, is I I think what ends up happening is you have these two polar opposites, right? One who's who's given up the life and is living this kind of repressed version. And then you have the other one who's who's living full blast. Yeah. In the life, right? He's living that life. He's and they they allude to it multiple times that he's like he wants out. He's done. He's exhausted. Oh yeah, that's true, right? Because he wanted he wanted out of that money thing that that there were obshock. Yeah, he wanted out of it, and and he he basically wanted to retire, but he couldn't. Like he Mm. couldn't change himself. You know, that's interesting. I, I, rem- I remember that now. It wasn't one of the things that, that occurred to me because the other one got out and the other one right. still in and wants out. The, the one is still in it. The bad guy is still in and wants out. And, and actually, it, it kind of makes you think. And this is just kind of speaks to, to how well the movie is written and put together. Yes. 
This movie, this movie, this isn't the kind of movie that makes you think. It's <laughs> no, not. Not usually, but there, no. But there's, you've got this, this level of complexity that, you know, you're not expecting where here, here's the good guy, bad guy mashup. And the bad guy, want, the bad guy is the exact, basically the exact same guy as the good guy. Yes. But he, he wants out of that. And yes. the good guy got out of that and now all of a sudden wants back in. And yes. that's what the movie is all about is he wants it again. Yes. It's, it's not, it's not what it is on the surface. It's not a revenge fantasy. He just clearly has made the decision. Like I want to be that guy. Yeah. I miss being that guy. I want to be that guy. I want back in. Well, you know? there's there's this whole, at least for him, and and in terms of the fantasy, there's this guy who's living this this suburban life, and he, he felt more alive when he was when he was doing his thing and, and being yeah. a wild man, right? Yeah. But but like, yeah, you're right. They are the same person, except they've made opposite choices, mm-hmm. and and even Bob Odenkirk's uh, character. And the funny thing is, is that Bob Odenkirk opens up, right? Starts talking yeah. to, to some of his- To the dead guys. <laughs> to the dead guys. To well, the dead guys. Twice. Twice yes, in the yes, movie that happens. Yes. Twice. Where where that's where you start to get the exposition. And then he realizes the person he's talking to is dead. <laughs> and the exposition just stops. That's that's great, too, because it's like the, the exposition is so boring that it kills people. <laughs> Because they're alive. <laughs> yeah. While he starts the exposition, he starts to tell his story. It was like, well, I thought I wanted to be this. Yeah, and it's the kind of thing where, like, it's just it, you, 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 you gotta wonder: is that a subtle nod? Is that a <laughs> subtle nod to like people want to see action movies? Yeah, uh-huh. they don't give a shit about the backstory. They want to see the fights. They want to yeah. see the explosions. But maybe it's also the fact that 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 the life is so boring. Yes. That the suburban life that he wanted, that he thought he wanted, that his explaining of it is so fucking boring that it kills people and it's killing him and him just telling that kills people. Kills the other. Well, that and bullets. It bullets. But, yes. Yeah. Like the, but, but they were alive. They were alive. And bleeding, then- <laughs> but alive when he started his story. Yeah. And then before, he, and then it, before he finishes the exposition, he turns around. Dudes are dead. Yeah, <laughs> and it happened twice. You're right. Yeah, because it happened in the house, and it happened and then before that. It happened in the car, and it happened in the car. So, like, um, it's fantastic, but it's just like it, it's again. I think it has something to do with the fact that that life is so boring that it, people can't stand to listen and to it. And the you know, I don't like you feel that sometimes, right? I know I feel that sometimes. I, I was just, just thinking the other day, like, how the fuck did I get to the point where? Like I actually care about things like average net selling price and see-through margin and and all these things like that that I never thought. Like when I was younger, and, and you know when I was doing stand-up, I was like, man, if I ever have to go back to that life, I'm going to kill myself. Mm-hmm. And here I am in this life, and I don't feel like I'm going to kill myself. But it's kind of a shock to the system to be like, oh, holy fuck, I used to think I would kill myself if I was doing this. You know, it's, it's funny because I, I'm sure this this movie speaks to a lot of people in that in that fashion. Um, I lived in the city my whole life. All I ever wanted was to live in the suburbs. And now that I'm living in the suburbs, 
I love the shit out of it. I love the shit out of it. Oh, dude, I I, I, I love where I live. I love uh-huh. the house that I live in. I love my neighbors and my neighborhood. Yes, I love where I live. But I do have to say, like, like sometimes it's like I I can't believe how mundane it is Mm. and how, how sometimes it's like, I kind of thought there would be more to this, but there's not like, this is it. This, this is it. And you know, that's okay. Yeah. It's, it's fine. Yeah. Right. Well, like for example, like, like myself, you know, like I'm not a young guy anymore. You know, it's, I, I can't, I can't go fight the golden gloves or pick up a sport or do some, one of right. those things that young guys can do. I'll fucking, I'll, I'll rip something. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'll, sure. I'll rip out, you know, like, like I don't need surgery again. You know, like <laughs> I had, I had like three surgeries on shit and, and I, 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 I don't need to. I don't need that. Right. I don't, there's nothing I have to prove. I, I not that I had this amazing career. I had a I had no my sports yeah. career is non-existent. Let's just put that out there. It's, there's no <laughs> there's no sports career this this and this guy. Right. But but like I'm sure people have like these dreams where it's like these illusions of grandeur where it's like I could have been a star. Sure. I could have yeah. been this MMA guy or this movie star. It's just like no, dude. Like if that was gonna happen, that was gonna happen. But. But like, so I don't have any of that stuff. Um, so I, I don't fool myself. Uh, right where I'm at, like this life right here, like it was hard when I was doing all the commuting. But yeah, but, but now with the pandemic. But you never killed a bunch of Russian mobsters on a bus when you were commuting. Never, never, never had to. Um, never had to. I, I got close. There was a couple of times I wanted to kill some Russian Russian mobsters. <laughs> But I'm a I'm too big of a chicken. So, yeah, you know. So. Yeah, you're not Bob Odenkirk. I'm not Bob no, Odenkirk. No, you know, or, no, or Hutch Mansell, as oof. the case may be. Yeah. Oh yeah, Hutch Mansell is the guy's name. That's right, Hutch. Yeah, I'm not nobody. I'm 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 just you know I'm just a guy. Just yeah. Just trying to get to my my day job, you know. <laughs> but like, yeah, I'm sure there's many people who feel that 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 this movie speaks to them, right? And um. That's that's what these movies are for, right? They 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 we were all wild people at one point, right? Or we all like to think we were. Or we all like to think mm-hmm. we were. Some of us were. Some of us. Were yeah, I mean, I I had some wild man in me. I think you've you you you've actually encountered the wild man a few times. <laughs> um, I believe so. But uh, it, yeah, I've never I've never you know, murdered people on a bus before. Yeah. But, but this movie kind of fulfills whatever fantasy I may have had in that regard. (laughs) Well, I mean, he's, he was, the funny thing is this, like he goes, so like the people that rob his house, right. That's where it all starts. And he, he figures out that these people, you know, they didn't take anything. It was like, not a big deal. Mm -hmm. And then he realized, okay, well, the, the straw that breaks the camel the camel's back is the bracelet the rainbow bracelet or the 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 unicorn bracelet was missing 
and he figured that it was in the bowl. They took all that money in the bowl, and the bracelet was in the bowl, so the bad guys took the bracelet. Right, and so he goes and hunts the bad guys down to get his little daughter's unicorn bracelet back. Yes, and so he goes through all this shit, runs all the way around town with the with the fake FBI badge, and tracks these people down, and um, with quite a few interesting events in that in that regard too, like during 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 his little search. But eventually, he gets to the house, and he 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 starts to like try to beat the shit out of them and teach them a lesson and then he he they, he finds out that they have like a baby yeah that, that there's desperation in that house mm-hmm. and they already have it pretty bad and here's the part of me that 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 would think a guy like this is so hard he wouldn't do this but this guy he's he's a he's a killer with a soul right right well, so otherwise, he, he wouldn't have lived the suburban life for as long as he had. I guess that's true, too. You right? know? So he's very unique. But he, uh, I think that's part of the character arc, per se, mm-hmm. is that he lived that life because it's what he wanted. He wanted the family. And in order to have the family, he had to walk away from that life. Yeah. And, and he had to have – he had to kind of pick up some traits that maybe he – didn't already have. Ha- didn't have yeah. or, or had to nurture. Yes. Yes. He had to nurture some of these latent, um, uh, yeah. you know, um, ten- or tendencies or not tendencies, but characteristics. And so he, he felt a little compassion for these people and he walked out on them. And, mm-hmm. I'm, and, and it was interesting because in, at that part of the movie, I'm thinking like, well, what the fuck? Like, this is maybe a third into the movie. Like yeah. that's is this this can't I know this is not it. Like there's another hour in this movie, right? Like yeah. like what's going to happen next? And he's sitting on the bus and uh it's and I mean us as as the audience, we're not done. But like you can see it in him, he's not done either. He has not satisfied the monster he let out. Right. So he's sitting on the bus and these Dummies, these fucking Russian mobsters get on the bus and he's fucking praying they start shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and that's that's the moment, that's a kind of an important moment where, and I think they, they kind of make it explicitly this way, where you, you, you kind of put together, this wasn't about the bracelet, it wasn't about the robbery, it wasn't about, you know, revenge or getting the bracelet back or anything like that it was it it's purely about he wants to be this guy this is who he is he can't deny it anymore he misses it and that's what he wants yes and it it kind of he, he he kind of explicitly has that realization while he's sitting there on the bus and he knows there's not going to be any turning back Mm -hmm. and it's 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 time to just go in all go all in so great mm-hmm. it was so great because the the monster in him got a taste yep and he and 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 there was no putting the genie back in the box there's yep. no and, and that like he got his away. ass kicked yes he gets his ass kicked and it's that that classic trope that classic moment kind of very dragon ball z like he has to get his ass kicked before he's strong enough 
to go back and kick their ass. Yes. Like he literally gets thrown out of a bus window. Yes. And then he just walks right back on the bus and he's like, yeah, this, we're not, we're not done yet. Oh, and that fight scene was long. That's it was long, very long. It was a long, and it was, it, it was a painful fight scene. There was no finesse in that fucking, in that yeah. scene. It yeah. was all like grit. And fucking and bones breaking and blood. Yeah. It was fantastic. <laughs> and then, like, how kind of badass was it that after the fight, like he t- after getting his his ass kicked, he goes gets back on the bus and just tears these guys apart. Yes. Right. And then the the guy who's the the brother of the he. He beats that guy to the point where he's dying on the floor of the of the bus. And how, how badass is it that he sees the guys dying, and so he he does this like ballpoint pen tracheotomy <laughs> to keep him from dying. And it's like he knows full well all he's doing is is you know making the guy suffer a little bit longer. Yeah, you know. Well, I don't. I think he was honestly trying to save him. Like he, he, like whatever, whatever kind of, it's weird because I I think the, the, the old version of him would have let him die, but this new suburban hybrid that he is. I kind of read it differently though. Cause I, I mean, I'm granted, I'm probably reading into it what I want to read into it, Mm -hmm. but I kind of felt like it was, it was making a statement of supremacy. It was like, I just killed you, motherfucker. And just to prove how fucking powerful I am, I'm going to give you your life back. Right now, I killed you, and now I'm giving you your life back. You see, I don't, that's not the interpretation, the interpretation I got. I, it was just like, I think it was more like, oh, fuck, I didn't want to kill him. Shit, I fucked up. Oh, uh, well, I, let me let me fucking save this idiot because, you know, even though he deserves to die, I'm going to save him. I'm going to do my best to save him. And so he, like, yeah, he cut him open and he stuck the straw in. And, yeah, and it, you know, like that again. When we watch movies, we read books, we project what we want yeah. to mean onto it. Yeah, but but that sentiment comes back later. Oh, so okay. after after he burns burns the ob shack down, mm-hmm. he doesn't. I don't know if he took any of that money, you know. But he he just he just burns it. He burns yes. billions of dollars. <laughs> I, I think it was like hundreds of billions of dollars. It was a lot of. Sh- it was a shit ton it of was, money. It was a ton of money, and he just burns it all of it, <laughs> kind of like the Joker, right? Yeah. And 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 then he's sitting in the club. He's sitting in the guy's club, and he's just sitting there watching the show. And, and, you know, Yulian knows who he is and yeah. he comes out and, and clears the club out and he, he's got him surrounded and he's just sitting there eating his, eating his food. And then he, he kind of gives his little soliloquy, you know, about like, but you brought it to my house and you don't fucking do that, you know? Yeah. And then he kind of shows that like he's he's got that claymore mind sitting there with his, with <laughs> with his a little finger, finger. <laughs> with his little pinky ready to pull the pull the pin, you know, and, uh, and kind of everybody, but Yulian clears out, but like that scene was very much where, where he's like, number one, he tells Yulian that he's as good as a dead man because the object's gone. Yeah. Right. But the whole point of that scene was 
the smart thing for you to do right now is to walk away and be done with this because I've already killed you. And if you walk away, I'm giving you your life back, you know, and and it kind of wraps back around in my mind, it wraps back Mm -hmm. around to the whole, I'm going to, I'm going to make you live again with the guy on the bus. I, I do pick up the sense of supremacy, but it was just like, okay, you fuck with me. I'll fuck with you. And this is, this is, we're going tit for tat here. Yeah. There's only so much of this shit we can do to each other. Yeah. For one of us. There, there's, there's only so much of this shit we can do to each other. And I'm telling you right now, I'm telling you right now that you're bringing a knife to a gunfight. I'm telling yeah. you right now that no matter how awesome you think you are, uh-huh. I will be more awesome in the end. There is that. There is that. But there's also like, like, let's stop this shit. There's, there's, there's a, there's a, he is, he is asking him. He's not yeah. begging him. Yeah. Because he still wants this. Oh, he's, he's a, well, and that's, that's yeah. why I went where I yeah. went because yeah. he clearly, he wants it. Yes. And, and like they, they even show like the part where he's driving away. Yes. And, and he sees them finally come running out to chase him. And he's like, yes. Yes. You know, he, this is what he wants. He doesn't want him to walk away. He wants, he wants to prove his superiority. He wants to tear these people apart. I don't think it's again, but not, it's not about the superiority. It's about, the the fucking action about the fight yeah he yeah. likes it's, a, it's about the fight he likes the fight he likes the fight and and uh and, there was and his whole- dad likes to fight and his brother likes to fight uh, yes yeah. yes well this he's sitting in the car and there's this moment where it's not exactly clear what he's thinking because he's like come on come on and he's waiting for something to happen excuse me but because he just asked him to stop he just asked him to stop, although mm-hmm. kind of almost, I don't want to say half-heartedly, because he does want it to stop for the sake of his family, right? He doesn't want to put his family at risk, but he also kind of wants, he wants to fight. Yeah. You know? So yeah. He, he, he's, he's kind of half-heartedly asking him, and when he's sitting in the car, I'm not exactly sure if he's saying, come on, come out and fight, or come on, stop your shit. Like that part of it wasn't clear to me, but there was a moment where he was like happy. The dude came out. Yeah. The dude came out and he was like, all right, it's on, you know, like, you know, and, and then all fucking hell breaks loose. Yeah. They go back to the factory that he's, he's basically turned into a killing den. And, (laughs) ah, so much fun. So much fun. That, That last that last bit, that that whole thing with the fight scene, that last fight scene, is fucking long, but not yeah. It doesn't get ridiculous. Oh, I, and think about that. Like I think a good, I would say probably a good like fifty to sixty percent of the screen time of this movie is action. Yes, which is really high. Yes, I mean, it's a really high percentage. Yes. Uh, he's, I mean, he, he's, he has very little speaking lines too. Like, I mean, he talks, but it's, you know, again, when he starts his exposition, someone dies. So it's like, ah, there's so much like little clever (laughs) shit in this movie. Yeah. From the, from the three headed bullet, one bullet kill 
to the to the people dying during exposition. It's just like there's so the smash cutting. Yeah, there's so much little like little nuggets of fun and, in this movie. Yeah, and there's the, the whole thing of these three guys, Hutch, his Hutch, Riza, and uh, and, and Christopher and, Lloyd. Uh, Christopher Lloyd. They're the, they're the predators who go after predators. Yes. You know, they're, ah, I always love that kind of conceit, <laughs> you know, that, 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 that set up in, in action movies where, where you've got the bad guys who it's like, oh, you think you're predators. Yeah. Yeah. That's cute. That's cute. You yeah. know, I, I, I love it. I yeah. love it. Yeah, it's oh, there's so much, and it's just like you're saying, there's so much good action. But yeah, and, I love that whole Suicide Squad kind of yeah, kinda and the casting, there. you know. So so Riza and Christopher Lloyd and Bob Odenkirk, they're they're perfect because they're wolves in sheep's clothing. Yes, they're, you would never ever look at any of these guys and think, oh, I'm not going to fuck with that guy. Yeah. Well, I mean, look at look at his brother-in-law, right? His brother-in-law is like the biggest douchebag. Yeah. The and that, that was that was maybe one of the most gratifying moments in the movie <laughs> where, you know, he buys the place. This, this this super aggro idiot, you know? Uh-huh. And and the brother's like after the house gets broken into, the brother's the brother's fucking around with this gun and he gives him and he gives gives uh-huh. Hutch the gun. You know, but he's a complete like douchebag about it. And and then there's this scene where Hutch is like, fuck it, I'm buying the place. Yeah. And the and the and the, the father-in-law like looks at these stack of gold bars and, and he's, he's like, like, This is a good offer. <laughs> and then and the brother's like, Well, what about me? And, and Hutch just like turns around and just belts him right in the liver, just gives him one of those good liver punches, and he just like falls over. And, and Hutch is like, Okay, take a deep breath. Now get the fuck out. He's like, But what about me? And he's like, I don't care. I, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> well, what about me? I don't care. Yeah. Now get the fuck out. Beautiful, beautiful yeah. moment. Yeah, that was beautiful. Because <sighs> how many times in your life have you have you really wanted the agency to just tell somebody, "I need you to get the fuck out." Yeah, like fuck you off. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but like not everybody has that freedom, right? He had, he had, he has, he has the guns, yeah. and he has the training, and he has the fuck you money. You know, you know, have you, have you ever actually done that though? Have you ever actually like been in the position where, where you, you just turn to somebody and you're like, get the fuck out. And then, <laughs> and, then, and, they, and they give you that look like, oh fuck. And then they actually get the fuck out. It's a great moment. It feels, <laughs> it feels awesome. I don't, it feels awesome. I don't know. I don't know if I ever did that. I don't know. I'm kind of an angry guy though. So <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I get I get angry too, but I don't know. There, there's been a couple of times I probably got too angry. Um, I guess I guess we all had those moments. Not not that exact moment, but I could think of a couple of times where I was like, oh, I probably shouldn't have done that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got plenty of those. Yeah, that wasn't a good idea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. decades of my life of well, that that wasn't smart. Yeah. Well, it doesn't, it doesn't really ever stop either. Right. I mean, you know, like, no, I like to think you get smarter. I I like to think I get smarter mm-hmm. and sometimes 
maybe I do. Yeah. Um, I, I've, I've, I think the last situation that I think I can think of, I, I was already in, I already placed myself in trouble and kind of pulled out in the middle of it. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, I get, mm-hmm. I can't, I can't tie kick people in the head. I can't just, <laughs> that will put me in jail. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I had a, a real suburban moment of, you know, I don't learn not violence wise, but you know, and last time I went to the grocery store, I bought a papaya and I thought at the store, I'm thinking, man, I hope this papaya doesn't smell like vomit when I cut into it. And then I bought it and I got it home and today I cut into it and it smelled like vomit because it's a papaya. That's what papayas do. <laughs> but clearly I, I don't learn the lesson about papayas. <laughs> I know someone who fed papaya to their kid and uh, then had to change the diaper. Oh, dude. And it, it stank so hard. <laughs> and he was gagging the whole time. Yeah. He was like, ooh. Because <laughs> like papaya is delicious, you know, it's an awesome fruit, but it's like durian. It fucking stinks. It stinks, dude. It it stinks, but it 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 super stinks. Yeah. Once it goes through Once you, it goes through you. Yeah. Yeah. It's worse. Woo. Yeah. So I saw this movie. One of the things I wanted to talk about. <laughs> so enough of that. <laughs> enough yeah. about poop. No, like one of the things I wanted to mention is that I went to go see this movie in the theater because that's the only way you can watch this movie is in the theater. Actually, I think you can actually get it on uh, on demand now. Uh, starting the 17th. Oh, okay. So there you go. But I went and saw it in the movie theater. One of the reasons... I wanted to see it in the movie theater because you guys made me miss the theater so much. Uh, I believe it was uh, Matt Drufke, you and Emily were talking about going to the theater. And I'm like, fuck, I guess I missed the theater, you know? So I go to the movie theater and I went to one of those nice ones because, you know, I'm Mm. a snob. Uh, But like you get to put your little feet up, you know? Because it's got the little like, you know, like uh, lazy boy kind of action. Yep. And it's got the little button where you can, you know, hail a waiter, all order that a beer, order a beer. You know, I don't drink, but you know, I get myself a fruity cocktail. And uh, so, but like, uh, yeah, dude. Like, first of all, that theater and the way it's made up, the one I went to, because it's one of those like fancy ones. Uh, people are already spread out, right? But then at this movie theater in particular, they were blocking seats out for um, sure social distancing for social distancing. So I really enjoyed going to the movie. It like was, this is the first movie that I've seen in the theater since uh, before COVID. And oh man, it was so much fun to it go was. to a movie theater. And it was, you know, it was nice that it wasn't crowded. It was me and two other people. That's it. And, you know, we could, we could observe our social distancing and, and all that. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think it was really kind of the first thing of any kind that I've done since COVID, you know, mm-hmm. going out to the movie, the first, and, oh, 
I needed it. And, and I didn't even realize how much I needed it. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree. I, I miss the theater and, um, and, and I'm, I'm the kind of guy that would usually prefer to watch a movie at home, but it was nice to go out, hang out with my friend, watch the movie. Yeah. Be someplace else other and, than home. And remember what it feels like to see the movie on the big screen. On the big because screen. Because like, yeah, every, a lot of people have big TVs now. I have big TVs. And so I can get kind of that movie theater experience a little bit. Mm-hmm. But actually sitting there in the movie theater was, was, was such an experience of, I forgot how much I love this because movies have always been a big thing for me. I've always loved going to the movies. I love the experience of it. I love seeing things on the big screen. I love it. Yeah, I do too. I, I mean, I went to film school, you know, I love the movies. It's just, it was, it was really nice. And, um, it's funny because I mean I have HBO um, Max, uh, yeah, and Mortal Kombat is coming out on HBO Max, but I'm probably going to go watch it in the theater just so that I well, can watch it. Yeah, and I, you know, I watched Godzilla versus Kong in my little theater room with the with the big ass TV and the sound system because I wanted that experience, and I'm kind of like. I kind of think I might want to go and see that in the theater because I, I think the experience will be that much better. Yeah. You know? Um, But I I don't know. Like, I don't want to get ahead of myself. I don't want to be irresponsible. I don't want to just start acting like, you know, I get my second shot tomorrow. Okay. Which is, which is good, you know, but that doesn't mean this shit's over, you know? It doesn't mean, okay, you can just go about your life now. You know, we still have to take care of ourselves and take care of each other. You know, it's, it's, it's not just, okay, now we're, now we're done with the pandemic. Like if we don't want it to become a pandemic again, we kind of still have to, or not become a pandemic again. We don't want to, we don't want to perpetuate the pandemic conditions, you know? Yeah. We don't want to just jump back in and start up the way that everything used to be because seriously, I mean, that would, that would be fucking irresponsible. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know. Here's the problem with this. It's like, when, when does it end? It's going to end. First off, it's, it has to end. It's going you know, to it'll end. end. But I think there, there are a lot of things that are going to be permanent, you know, like, um, what? Like I, th- I have an idea like, of what, what, like what, in, what do you think? Like simple things. I mean, I don't think masks are going away anytime soon. And, you know, already there are a lot of people who just don't wear masks anymore, you yeah. know? But I think one thing I think is that, and they're already reporting on this. You know what we're going to find out? We're going to find out that you got to get the vaccine every six months, you know? Right. That we're, we're going to start finding stuff like that out. You got to get the vaccine every six months. And uh, it loses efficacy. And, you know, right around June or July, we're going to be finding out like people who've been vaccinated are getting reinfected, you know, stuff like that is going to happen because that's how these things work. Well, you know, it's not like a one and done 
vaccination process. And so what that means is masks aren't going anywhere. We're going to have to, it's going to take time before we really get honest to God herd immunity where you can just go about your lives as if it was flu or, or the cold or whatever, you know, I don't, I don't disagree in terms of like the masks. I think the masks are here to stay. I don't know to what it's, it's hard for me to kind of guess what people will do with them. I think at the very least, what's going to happen is you get sick you're expected to wear a mask. I think it'll eventually get there. I think, I don't think what we're doing now is going to change any time before like September or October. Hmm. You know, I don't think we're going to get to a point where it's like, yeah, just go about your business. No masks, uh, you know, until September or October. Um, but you know, who knows? Uh, it's hard to say. It's hard to say. It's just, but like when I went to the movie theaters, um, at least the theater I went to, there was, it was, it was not exactly empty. It was, there was more people in the theater than I expected. I was hoping from like, from what you told me that there was going to be only another couple people there. That was not the case. There was more people than just me and my friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't full because I don't well, think, but I mean, I also went to like an 11 AM showing on a Saturday. Yeah. I went to like, uh, I believe, I can't remember what it was. I think it was a Friday or a Thursday. No, it was a Tuesday. I think it was a Tuesday at, at, at like seven or something. Right. But it doesn't matter. The thing is, is that, you know, there was more people there than I expected. And, um, most of them were wearing their mask, mm-hmm. right? But there was a couple people that weren't. That made me anxious, right? Um, I I took my mask down only to eat. Yeah. And then I would put it back on. Well, my, friend, and- my, my friend did the same. But it's just like... It, it's... It's just like how much of this, like, I'm, I, and I don't want to sound like an idiot because, like, one of the things too is it's like, yes, we're getting tired of wearing the masks, blah blah blah. But am I really being effective by grabbing some popcorn, stuffing it in my face, and throwing the mask on, mm-hmm. and pulling the mask off, throwing some more popcorn in my face, and throwing the mask? Well, on? yeah, I mean, and, and like at that point, is it effective? I mean, cause the, the more you touch the mask, the more you move the mask, it's less effective. And it's, it's in a lot of ways, it's like a social courtesy. Okay. Or your fucking mask, yeah. you know, if nothing else, it makes me feel better. Yeah. If nothing else, it makes other people feel better. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's valuable in and of itself. You I, know, that was why I wore my mask. Like, that's why I did that so that other people would be fine with me wearing my mask, you know, like, but it's, um, I I have to say that I I wasn't a hundred percent comfortable with the amount of people in the theater. Yeah. And I, that, that's, what's going to take longer than anything else. Like even once we get like post mask mandates and, 
and maybe, you know, again, I don't think social distancing is going anywhere this calendar year. You know, I, I think we're going to, we're going to keep that rolling for a long time because we have to, you know? Well, um, but like, I think, um, more than anything else, people by nature of being people are not just going to jump right back into life easily or quickly. Well, there's, there's going to, we're going to have two camps. We're going to have the people that you're talking about. And then we're going to have the other people who are like, let's get over with it. Let's get, let's get, you know, like, but, but like, yeah, I'm sure you're right. But like for me, I almost don't want the social distancing to go away. You know what? Like when I'm at the grocery store, I fucking like not being jammed in line with six other people. You know, there's a lot of things about social distancing that I really like. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I have to agree with you because um, I hate going to a restaurant and it being like, for example, one of those sushi house deals. Yeah, where you're jammed in there. Where you're jammed in and next to the, the other guy next to you. And it's just like, what? How is this cool? Like, I hate yeah. this. Like, no, let's not let's not do this. Yeah, like, like I, I wasn't a big fan of touching people like strangers mm-hmm. before the pandemic. Yeah. And now after the pandemic, I'm going to be much less a fan of it, you know? Well, well, you know me. The only way I feel comfortable touching someone is if I'm, if I'm punching them or strangling them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> You're going to go full on nobody. Yeah. It's going to be great. <laughs> oh, but, but, but to the point, though, I think, I think there's, there's some psychological aspects of this that aren't going to go away. I think there are a lot of people who aren't just, it, it's going to take time regardless of like mandates and, and observed rules. You know, even once those rules go away, there are a lot of people out there who just aren't going to be okay. Well, I can just go back to, back to the way it was. There are a lot of people who are going to be like, no, 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 no. I want my distance. Yeah. It's going to like, we're going to have to get rolling vaccinations. It's not, it, there's not going to be a point at which it's that we don't have to get vaccinated anymore. And you're going to have just like with the flu shot, you know, you're going to have less and less people getting the vaccination every year because they're like, it doesn't do anything. And I still got sick and blah, blah, blah. But you know, it, it it's going to lose the sense of urgency and we're going to find ourselves right back in this situation. You, you know, see, whether it's COVID or whether it's something else. Well, I I can't remember what podcast it was. I I don't want to I don't want to give out misinformation. But I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> because that's what we do on the that's what roll. we do, yeah. I, I wish I could remember what it was, but some scientist was talking about that this kind of thing, historically speaking, when we have a pandemic, it takes about three years yeah. for, for it to go away. Like we eventually reach a point of herd immunity mm-hmm. and then we go back to life and, and we go back to the way things were and things and, and industry and everything comes back. Yep. Right? So I'm hoping that in this case, 
the situation is expedited due to the fact that we have vaccinations and we're not living in the 18, 1500s or whatever, um, that, that things will be different because we have vaccinations, but because we have dummies that are like, they don't believe in, 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 in things like fucking vaccinations or just listening to people and wearing a mask initially when you should have, it's just whatever. Anyway, but I'm afraid that it's going to take the three years anyway. Oh, of course it's going to take, it's absolutely going to take every day of it, you know? And it's not going to be, it's never really going to be over because there, there are things and I don't know what they are yet, but just like with the flu pandemic in 1918, there are things that are going to change permanently. Well, Part, there there are parts of this experience that are just going to become how we operate now. Yes. Uh, just like 9-11, right? Mm-hmm. We're all going to start taking our shoes off at the fucking airport. Right. Is- it's, it's gonna, there's going to be permanent changes to how we live as a result of this. Yes. And six years from now, we're not even going to know that anything changed. Well, I'm, I, I think that there are going to be permanent changes. And, and those permanent changes is, for example, the mask. The mask is going to be around in some way or form. I don't know yeah. to what extent, but we're going to be wearing masks. Yeah. That's going to be one of those permanent changes. Just like we have to take our goddamn shoes off when we go to the goddamn airport and somebody has to fucking scan our bodies and look at us naked. But like, whatever. This is this is what life is now. Yeah. I don't know to what severity these changes will be like. I am hoping that they're going to be minimal. And and. and and I'm hoping that one of those minimal things that changes is the fact that we're eventually going to reach something like herd immunity and we're going to go back to the way things were. And and the only time we're going to be wearing masks is we we have to get a mask when we're, we're, when we're sick. When we're sick ourselves. But I yeah. mean, what, that's one thing that's going to change is every house is going to have a box of masks in the closet. I agree. At all times. I believe I believe that is correct. And also, I think rolling, now that you said this, rolling vaccinations, probably yep. a thing to stick around. Yep. Uh, hopefully, they're not going to be a, like a big pain in the ass like it is now. We're going to get to a point where it's just like they're just kicking them out. Well, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to get to the point where it's just like the flu vaccine, where it, there, there's just a constant supply of it. Uh, I think it's going to be a little different. It's it's going to be like, it's it's not just like the flu vaccine. It's like it's a vaccine. They it changes every you know year or whatever, mm-hmm. just like the regular flu vaccine. Except you are you have to take it. Like you you yeah, you should see, and, absolutely. And here's here's the thing in this country that's never going to happen. No, I think you know. The, I think well, I mean, they're not going to like make you take it, right? But there's going to be ways to make you take it. They're going to be like, well, you can't go on the airplane without, or you can't send your kid to school. You can't or, change, or yeah, whatnot. yeah. They're going to have things like this, and mm-hmm. so then you're going to have to get the vaccine. So it, it's the you're right. They're they're not going to say legally you you know you get you get your license, and then when you get your license, you get the vaccine. No, they're not going to do anything weird like that. But it's going to be like. If you want to participate in certain things, you have to have it. You yeah. have to have it. So I, I think that's what's going to happen. And it's not going to be this. It's going to be part of. And it, and it's not like the like the 
the tetanus where you get it like once once every seven no, years. No, you're gonna it, it, you're gonna need to get it's one a virus, every year, dude. Yeah. It, it's a virus. Viruses change; they evolve. You're yeah. gonna have to. There's gonna have to be a new formulation of it every year. Every fucking and year. and maybe even you know, uh, well, uh, Pfizer just today. Pfizer was like, you, you're absolutely going to have to get a booster, uh, a booster at the minimum every twelve months. You know, that's that what sounds- Pfizer Pfizer just released today. You know, it's just how it's going to have to be. That makes sense. And, and it's going to be just like the flu, frankly, where, you know, we're going to have an astounding number of people every year who die because of the flu. And we're going to have an astounding number of people who die every year because of the COVID virus. It's yeah. just, it's how it's going to be it's from just, now on. It's just not going to be as as astounding as it is now well because it's going to get to the point where where we kind of accept it as this is part of life and and it's not five hundred thousand people dying it's fifty thousand people yes and and, you know fifty thousand people it's not like it's not tragic or anything it is tragic yeah but it's it's a number that you can uh it's a, it's a number that that society can absorb Yes. You know, well, here's the thing, like, like, it's not going to be like 50,000 in the flu. It's going to be in another 50,000 people. Well, you yeah. know, um, there's another thing out there killing us now. Right. You know? Yeah. There's, there's something else now that that's killing us and it's going to keep killing us. And it's going to keep killing us. And it's going to be, it's going to be like you're saying 50,000, 100,000, whatever. The really year. frightening thing about it to think about is, you know, well, what's the next thing that's going to come along? And are we prepared now to not be idiots when that happens? You know, well, we it's 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 up to the politicians not to politicize this bullshit. And well, I'm going to refrain from all that nonsense. Yeah, it, but it does it does no good. But anyway, like it, yeah, it, it's just yeah, we we we. Can we listen to science? Can we just listen to science? Can we stop being idiots? You know, like, like, why are we not even necessarily just listen to science? Like, yeah, we have to listen to science, right? That's that it would be great if we could all just get on the same page with that. Yeah. But can we maybe sometimes at some point in our lives understand, hey, it's not about me. It's not about me. Uh-huh. It's about all of us. And if if me wearing a mask means that somehow, some way, you know, I don't transmit this to 10 other people, or even if it's just if me wearing a mask makes all of us feel a little bit better, hey, that's enough. Yeah. I'm going to wear a mask. It's not about me. It's not that this is this is not the 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 what about me and my rights and privileges show. This is the, we live in a fucking society show. Yeah. You know, well, we, we live in a society where we depend on each other to act like fucking human beings. Well, here's the thing, right? Like we live in this society, right? And because we're behaving like individuals, now we are cursed yeah. with having to separate ourselves. Now we are being punished for our yeah. inability to consider other people. Now you have to, okay. Right. So, so the virus is basically saying you don't know how to consider other people. Well, now you have to be by yourself. Yeah. Basically. I mean, you know, it, it's the oddest 
virus or the oddest situation ever. Like, I mean, you're being, you're, you're kind of punishing yourself. Cause I mean, it's yeah. not like the virus is apparent. It's not like it has any kind of consciousness. It's, no. It doesn't know what it's doing. This is a, this is a fabrication of our own undoing. Like this is, this is us yeah. doing it to ourselves. And well, it's, this is, this is in a lot of ways come up and for the aggressive self-interest that is the American way. Yes. I you was going to say that. I'm glad you said it. I didn't want to say that because, you know, because and, I feel like I always say shit like this. But and I'm, like, I'm glad you said it because it is a very American thing. No, it's, and and like, obviously, this pandemic's affecting the entire world. Other, there are other countries that have done a much better job of dealing with it than we have. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are other countries that have done a much worse job of dealing with it than yeah. we have. But look but, at some of the countries that did better. There's more cohesion in that country, and, right? And it it literally comes down to that. That's the one thing where it's in. There are other countries where people were able to set aside that aggressive self interest and understand that it's not about you. Yeah, it's not about me. It's about all of us. And I don't. I don't know. Like I look around. I spend a lot of time really feeling down about you know our culture here is the the root of it is aggressive self-interest the root of of the way that we're taught to live our lives is about make just do you yeah and while hey you can live your life that way and and there's some benefit to at least sometimes focusing on yourself and yourself alone that you you can't survive that way your whole life. At at some point, you have to accept the fact that you're not just one person whose actions don't affect other people, and one and you're not just one person who doesn't depend on the the decisions that other people make around you. We, you know, it, that's the price of freedom. Yes, the price of the price of the freedom that we that we love in this country and that that we, you know, wave our flag about the price of the freedom is you have to accept that you're not the only person that's free. Yeah. Well, like it's, it's the same kind of thinking, right. That, that made this country so great, that individualism, that, that wanting to strive for, for yourself, right. To make yourself better. Right. This is the one country that you can come to where you can lift yourself up, right? Very few other countries. I mean, this is a great country. I mean, yeah, we have yeah. our problems, but very few countries have the the opportunity that we give people here, right? Anybody can come here. Well, I shouldn't say anybody. I mean, but I, the, I, the I, I that, could debate you on that, but I don't want to. <laughs> yeah. But, but like, I, I think there are plenty of other countries where there's opportunity. But I mean, you know? I mean, sure. And that's true too, right? But uh, I'm, I, sh- I guess I should. But that, like, that's the, the narrative that we love to tell ourselves. But you it's, know, the it's, narrative that that may have been true and may be true to some extent today is that this is the land of opportunity. There aren't is. there on paper. There aren't a lot of barriers. Well, there, there's plenty of barriers. Every country has barriers. Just this one seems to have the least, or the more the ones that you can kind of you know, jump over easier, but it's, but I mean, like in Mexico, I mean, 
I'm first of all, I'm I'm a United States citizen. I was born and raised here. I really don't know what Mexico's like, but from people from what people tell me, being poor in Mexico is very different than being poor in the United States. You know, you know, being poor in Mexico means you don't have food, you don't have shoes, you may not even have clothes. You might have one set of clothes and then you were fucking yeah. you're eating nothing, right? Here being poor means you get money from the government assuming that you you know you do the things that you need to do to get that but i it, the you you you're still you're still not as jacked up as you can be in other countries now am i saying things are fair here no things are not fair here the shit shit is shit is you know this it, just like any other country the rich stay richer right i mean oh sure you know it's yeah. or get richer it's just it's not it's not an even playing field, but at least here, I mean, there's a reason why so many people cross the border from Mexico. Sure, and like I, I think there's 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 kind of a weird continuum where in there there are other countries where maybe it's easier to live a middle achieve and live like a middle class lifestyle than it is here. Yeah, but here there's more opportunity, even if it's kind of a phantom opportunity, there's more opportunity to make the leap into like upper class or wealthy. Like there, there, there's more opportunity to do that here. Uh But the reality is there's almost no opportunity to do that anywhere. Um, But uh, yeah, I, I think, I think the American version of poverty may be, maybe a little bit easier than some than poverty elsewhere like the the but poverty is still poverty and it sucks no matter where you are oh for sure you i know, mean it yeah. just it just may be that that you know here uh poverty means you still get an internet access you know or or i mean i'm speaking from ignorance i don't know the numbers i know i do know that like there are tons of Americans who don't have internet access and there are yes. tons of Americans who don't have shoes on their feet. You know, like there's like there, well, there is poverty in this country that rivals poverty anywhere else, you know? Well, you see, um, the thing is, is like my mom is from, from a, a village in Mexico. Mm-hmm. That's like next to a mountain. Uh, I went and visited that village uh, when I was in, when I was 15. So a few years ago, just a, just a few <laughs> and and they didn't have running water until that year that i went mm. and when i say running water they had water tanks sitting on top of their adobo homes mm. uh they don't they didn't have plumbing before that of any kind and the water that that sits in that in that dome on top of the houses and first off too not every house had that yeah so there is still people living in that pueblo that would go wash themselves in the river or whatever and wash their clothes in the river or whatever but there was a weird kind of i guess it was dusty smell to the water so you would wash you would take a shower and then still not smell clean mm-hmm I lived there. I watched, I didn't. I visited them for two weeks. We were there for two weeks. Um, I don't know what it's like to be poor here. I don't want to ever find out. God help me. Um, I mean, I I don't think it's like that. 
Yeah. Like I have memories from when I was a kid where like from a socioeconomic status, I'm sure we qualified as like poverty, you know, mm-hmm. but it never felt that way. Yeah. You know, cause like, I know, I know what my parents were making at the time. And, and like, you, it's very easy to be like, okay, so this is what their income was. And you look and, and it's like, okay, so that's kind of below the poverty line, you know? But, you know, I, I remember not having stuff, Yeah. but I don't ever remember feeling like I was deprived. You know, I don't, but I also know that there are a lot of people here who experience a, a version of poverty that I just don't even know that I could rationalize. You know, there are a lot of people on the South side of Chicago who live in squats mm-hmm. and, you know, um, don't have running water per se. Like they, they have to get their water elsewhere. And like, it, it, it's an, it's a thing that happens here. It's just that you're also surrounded by modern conveniences. Yes. You and know? that, and that's, that's the other thing too, modern convenience, right? Like, like you can be poor and not have running water just cause you, but can, you can find water, but no, but like maybe you don't have running water because you can't afford to have the water turned on or you sure. can't have utilities turned on because you just can't, you just don't have the money. Right. So or I mean, you have like the entire town of Flint, Michigan, where you have water, but you can't use it cause it'll kill you. It was one of the things I was going to mention, but yes, you know, Flint, Michigan is one of those places where, yeah, you have, you have, the modern convenience of having running water, but yeah, it's, it's, it's not really useful. Right. So, so, I mean, there are situations where, where things are probably pretty bad being poor. I, I, I don't know. I shouldn't speak because I don't know what being poor is in the United States, but I'm willing to bet that being poor perhaps in Mexico or, or, other countries in the in southern in, in in South America is probably worse, you know. Um, I, yeah, and I mean, I'll never know because here's the thing: I'm never going to be poor in in uh, you know Bolivia, right? Yeah. It, it's, hopefully, it's, you'll it's, never be poor. Hopefully, hope, neither hopefully, of us will be. Hopefully, I'll never be poor. Like I, and I mean, I can also speak to like my twenties, which I don't know if it's really fair to call it poverty, because I don't know that I was like living in poverty. Like I always had a roof over my head. Yeah. But like, I know what it's like to live paycheck to paycheck. And I know what it's like to be, to play the whole, okay, here's the bills that I'm paying this month. And I can float these, these bills for another two months before they start calling me and, and, and getting angry at me. You know, like I, I know what that experience is like. I don't (sighs) know what it's like to be, like really honestly poor, but it's not fun, you know? No. Oh, none of it's fun. Oh, dude, I, I don't miss those days. Like, yeah, I mean, I always had running water and electricity, but like there were plenty of like years of my life where like that's all I had, you know? Like, yeah. like I had the running water and the electricity, but I was lucky if I was eating ramen, you know? Yeah, yeah. I remember there was a time where I just ate ramen pretty much every mm-hmm. day just because that's all I could afford. Yeah. And and it's, but I mean, I was young. I but was, again, like, is that really poverty or is that, you know I what I mean? It's, I understand, I understand what you're saying because. But I, I also think there are plenty of people who never experienced that. I think there, there are plenty of people in this country who never, ever experience having to go without, like really honestly go without. They never really experience desperation. Yeah. You know? 
And yeah. to be fair, like there was only one time that I ever really did this and it wasn't for a lot of money, but like, I think most of us have like, mom, dad, I am in a tight spot and I need a couple bucks, you know? That's what I was going to say. I was going to say exactly that. Like you can't, we can't really count our rough spots when we were young. When there's a safety net. When yeah. there's a safety net. Um, Cause uh, that's not really, that's not, I mean, that's more about pride, right? Right. At, at that point. Yeah. And, and the only reason, the only reason you go to your parents is because not only did you run out of pride, but you ran out of credit or whatever it is, you know? Well, yeah. And that, I mean, that's exactly, in, in my case, there was like one point in time where it was like my car broke down and it cost money. And like, I had to go to my parents. I was like, I don't, I don't even have, like my cards are maxed out. I don't have the money in the bank to pay for this. I need the car, you know? But like, I had that to, that to go on, you know, like I, I, it was hard and I hated doing it, but it's like, I need, I need like 600 bucks, yeah. you know? But I imagine there's people in this country who, who are in that spot and don't have a parent to go to. They don't have someone. They don't have anybody to lean on. Yeah. yeah. And now that's true poverty. Yeah. That is what true poverty is when there is no safety net. There's no fallback. There's not, I can move back in with my parents if shit happens. You know, that's kind of true poverty. That's desperation to a degree that I don't know anything about. I've actually had to do that a few times moving with my parents. Yeah. And it sucked. It, it fucking sucked. You feel like a failure. You yeah. feel like you, like everything that you've, every ounce of work that you've done is, was pointless and useless. And, you know, it's, it sucks. Well, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, going back home, I mean, at least for me, it, it may not be for other people. I mean, sometimes shit happens, right? But for me, it was failure. For me, I, I fucked up. I could have done things better, could have made better decisions. I didn't have the foresight or the education or whatever, but whatever shortcoming I had, I ended up at home. And it's because, excuse me, it's because I could have made better choices. Yeah. Right. Uh, that might not always be the case for some people. That's, you know, it was for me, but I mean, there's plenty of situations where sh shit can go wrong. You lost your job. Lots of no, things, and uh, lots of things can go south at the same time very yeah. easily to put you in a situation where you would have to go home and live with parents. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's just the way it is. And it, it could be of no fault to, of your own. You know, it's just the way the cards played out yep. and it's just bad luck. And I think that's something that maybe I have a little bit better understanding of now is how many of us, who are not necessarily in, in poverty, let's say people, plenty of us who are, you know, in the middle class that we're still living on a razor's edge. Like all it would take is one thing to get fucked up yeah, and we lose everything, you know? And I think, I think there's a tremendous number of people in that situation here. And that's where I think things are not right. Something on a grand scale has gone wrong. Well, I mean, that's a great point. I mean, think about some of these millionaires, right? Right. If something goes south for some of these people, 
like super south, it would have to go really, really horribly yeah. bad for them to end up having to be in a situation where they're going to be begging for money or something like that. Right. Like, yeah. Like there's, it, but, but it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. But for people like some people can even go on their name. They don't even have to have money. Right. They could just throw their name on something. And, and all of a sudden they have, they have credit income or income or whatever Yeah, for us. You know, that's us normal people. That's not the situation. We're one bad accident away. Right. One horrible lawsuit, one horrible thing from happening. Right. And like we're we're in our 40s now. Right. Mm -hmm. And and let's just be very clear. Age discrimination is a thing. Yes. And like we're not really necessarily dealing with that yet. But like if either one of us were to lose our job tomorrow it would probably be pretty hard for us to go out and replace that job. Yeah. Replace the job at the same level, making the same kind of money because there are people 10, 15 years younger than us capable of doing what we do for $40,000 a year less. Not only, not only that, but there's new technology, new. And so, yeah, new technology. There's stuff to keep on top of that, that it's impossible to keep on top of everything. Mm -hmm. And so like, like if we were to lose our jobs tomorrow, replacing that job would be difficult and, and getting back up to the same level may not ever happen, you know? Yeah. And, and so like, that's the kind of thing, like that's one thing I could lose my job tomorrow and the whole rest of my life is going to be fucking different. You know, it could be catastrophic. It can be, it can be. And again, like something doesn't, feel right to me about that it does it seems like we could do better there's there's like there's there's a better way to figure out things other than you know what's your job status your job status defines so much about what you're capable of yeah you know what's weird too about getting a job i i and i could be spouting nonsense here but like i heard that it is harder to get a job when you don't have a job. It absolutely if, is. If you have a job, it's easier for you to get another job. I'm like, what and the it, fuck? And if you if you don't have a job, at, at least at, I don't know, like from a let's say blue collar level, but like at a, if you're working at like a professional white collar level, and there's a gap on your resume, it's a massive red flag. Oh, that person must not be desirable. You know? That just seems wrong. That just seems wrong. The person could have hit a rough rough patch, right? Something could have gone, something, because I mean, we all know as as people who who work in in offices in white collar and even blue collar jobs, we all know that there could be a moment where we lose our job and it is difficult to get a new one. Dude, no, like, I, I mean, I've experienced that, you know? And then, I've lost two jobs in my life, right? Oh, I've, I've lost, I got laid off from one and then I, I lost another one uh, for a number of reasons. Uh, but like, um, and both of those times, the first time I got laid off, I was, I was doing data entry for, for a lab. I think I talked about this on the, uh, the Blockbuster podcast. Hmm. Well, how did I end up working at Blockbuster? How did I end up working at Blockbuster? I got laid off from a professional job. I wasn't working for 
a while. And then all of a sudden, it's like I have a month gap in employment and nobody even wants to interview me. You know, that's rough. Like it, it was rough. fucking ridiculous. It was ridiculous. Well, imagine you get in a situation, especially for the type of jobs that we do. You could be laid off for six months. You could be. Yeah. You, you could be. You could. You be out of a job for 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 a year. Right before you find a a, a job that fits your your before you right. can possibly get into an interview, even where you can speak to maybe the second third interviewer. Right. Yep. And they're going to be looking at that and unfairly make judgments. And I'm like, come yeah. on. Like that, it is. And you know how many people? How, how how often do you end up like in the land of the free? You take the job that you can get. How many people are sitting doing jobs that they absolutely hate and it makes them miserable, but it's the best job they can get? You know, it, it something's wrong with that. Something's wrong with that. Yeah, I don't. Um, I try not to think about the happiness of some of the things I try to think about the task. Right. Yeah. Like, uh, I've mentioned this before. I think about, for example, jujitsu, right? There's plenty of shit that makes me upset about jujitsu. Right. I mean, getting smashed by a giant fat guy, uh, sitting on top of my stomach or my chest, not the most comfortable of things, but the mission is to get the black belt. Yeah. Uh, don't need to be happy all the time that I'm doing this shit. (laughs) Right. Well, and you know, no, I don't, I'm not trying to say that your job needs to be a party every minute, you know? Yeah. But, but why, why is it such a fantasy to Americans? Why is, why is, do we like dismiss it out of hand? Like that your job should be something that's fulfilling and that you, that on a grand scale, you actually enjoy doing and, and makes you feel fulfilled. We, we act like that's fucking like, it's something to laugh off. Like, no, your job should be, you know, it's the thing that you slog through so that you can enjoy your evenings and weekends. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to do that for 40 fucking years, you know, like. I, why, why, why don't we appreciate that? You know, why, why don't we appreciate the idea that your, your job, your career should be something that you find personally fulfilling? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I, but on I, that note, like that's, that's how you end up, you know, murdering Russian gangsters <laughs> on the bus and living the suburban grind. Yes. Um, uh, I think it's about mindset. I think I think uh, if uh, if you know you can kill someone, I think that makes you happy. <laughs> if you know that you can, that's the secret to contentment. It's just I, the I, knowledge, like I could totally kill that guy. I could totally kill this guy with a pencil, <laughs> with a fucking pencil. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's that's the secret to happiness, right there. Not yeah. necessarily. I'm not saying you should do it. I'm just saying knowing that you can. The secret to happiness is gorilla arms. Gorilla arms. Oh, dude, look at that. Look at that. You're putting you, 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 I'm you, putting the muscle back on. I got the I got the post pump going on right now. Dude, that's so ridiculous. That shit. 
How do you fucking do that, dude? That shit. That I'm shit. a freak. I'm a freak. I'm, and you know, here, here's what's going to happen is I'm going to get on the scale and I'm going to gain weight and I'm going to be real pissed off. <laughs> but it's going to be like muscle weight, but you know, whatever. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're the only person I know who could put on 20 pounds of muscle in one night. <laughs> That's like so not fucking fair, dude. There was like this one picture you sent me a while ago. And it was yeah, like. The last, the last time I got real into shape. Yeah, dude. And I was it, just like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. I, I seriously had the gorilla arms going on that picture. And and that picture, I feel like it's like there was there was three dimensions of Dan compressed into two and everything just looked bulkier. Mm-hmm. But that's such a great picture. I still keep that picture and I look at it and every once in a while I'm like, that's what it could be. <laughs> you know? Don't mess with me while but I'm yeah, I, I don't know. There there is, you know, I'm like the fittest fat guy around you know but like there is a certain amount of of gratification that comes from like when you pull on a shirt and and like you it the sleeves don't fit around your arms Mm. there's a moment of gratification they're like i am all that is man (laughs) yes i am the center of manhood (laughs) i am Um, the son of man (laughs) on that note man i think i gotta wrap it up all right, brother. That's, that's yeah. Let's let's wrap it up. Um, I got I gotta go read some Super Sons to my kids. Nice. Get on it. Yes, sir. All, All right. right. So everybody, go out safely with your mask on. Watch nobody. Get it on on demand, and go do yourself a favor and go watch a History of Violence if you haven't. It's a great movie. Awesome. All right, man. Well, thanks so much. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. Bye. The song you're listening to is titled No Games, and it's by Swift. And it can be found at Epidemic Sound. Now, in the description, I have a referral link for Epidemic Sound. If you click on that, the show gets a kickback for every purchase and sign up. So we got caught up a little bit with the COVID talk, but I like talking to not my cousin Dan about these things and, and my friends in general. It's good to have friends and, and talk some of these things out because as you could probably tell, sometimes I'm thinking out loud and you need someone to kind of bounce things off of. And that's why you need friends. It's good to have them. You should, you should have one. Find yourself a friend if you don't have one. Now, if you like the show and want to listen to more, head on over to theflowrollpodcast.com. You'll find all our content along with our store. Make sure you buy yourself a mug, t-shirt, what have you. You can find us on Instagram as The Flow Roll. And don't forget to help out the show by spreading the word, liking, subscribing, commenting, and press all the good buttons that the podcast gods like. I love the movie theater. If you miss a theater too, make sure you go and watch a movie and be responsible while you're doing it. Let's take care of each other. Thanks so much. We'll catch you next time. Bye.